Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're it's the classic, it sure. you know, it's good. Right. I mean, not Facebook, because or you'll listen to the podcast, part. which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for spending part of your day with us and powering through our technical issues yesterday. Yeah. We had a very frustrating day yesterday. We were back on track. The computer is working. We're never going to touch it again. Don't even breathe on it. Don't even think a bad thought about the computer. Okay? Anyway, thank you for spending part of your day with us. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good <laughs> after just, just Disaster. the most frustrating day of her, of her, of her <laughs> tenure here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. It's the Duchess of the Dorks, Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. We made it, guys. Thank you for for staying patient with us. We really, really do appreciate us. And I, I promise you, we will get to all the realignment talk. That yeah, we, uh, don't that worry. We've we got plenty yesterday. of realignment talk. Plenty of it. But before we get to that, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It is Stephen Cassie, Aaron Flynn, Allison Brown, and ooh, you might have to help me out with this one. Clay, is it Hitchelheim? That sounds I th- right. I think that's that looks about right. I think I'm getting a little better with names, and that phonetically looks right. So, Clay, welcome in. Yes. Um, anyway, hi. Today is Tuesday, February 4th, 2020, 296 days until Thanksgiving, episode 896. 896 is the Yvonne Rodriguez Show. If you look at all the players who've ever played in Texas high school or in, in, for the Texas Rangers, 896th in alphabetical order because nobody else had an 896. On today's show, guys, <clears throat> there was something that happened yesterday besides our technical issues. Uh, we have realignment talk, a lot of realignment talk. Probably for the rest of the week, we'll have some couple we'll sprinkle in the college football and some recruiting here and there. But it's going to be a lot of realignment talk for the next couple of next couple of days because we have it. We have the data. We have the new information. Uh, the new district alignments for the next two years of Texas high school football. We will break it all down for you. We'll start today with our kind of big re- uh, realignment headlines, and then back half of the show, you will hear from the man himself, Matt Stepp. Our Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider will join us via telephone uh, to tell us exactly what he thought of UIL realignment, get his takes on it. And, of course, if you need more realignment talk, if you just can't wait. Oh, my gosh. 
everyone was saying the audio is low, and I turned up my computer, and it's, it's maybe your audio's low. Perfectly fine. I crank it up. Oh, put in headphones. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's up. It's it's definitely up. It's anyway. all the way up, actually. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, we will get into realignment talk coming up here with Matt Sepp coming up in the back half of the show. If you need more, texasfootball.com slash insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider is our subscription package. And if you want, you can subscribe now and listen to the new episode of Tep and Step, our premium high school football podcast. Matt Step and I sat here in these chairs yesterday and recorded our instant reaction to the 2020 UIL realignment. We go through every classification. You will not want to miss it. TexasFootball.com slash insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. Lots of good stuff there. From Matt, I am also there. So there's that. All right. <clears throat> Let's get into UIL realignment. Yesterday, of course, at 9 a.m., the whole world caved in on itself, and we had uh, we had uh, uh, we had UIL realignment uh, with the new districts for Texas high school football being announced uh, by the UIL. Um, of course, it's a it's a big day for a lot of coaches. Uh, it's a big day for pretty much every uh, every coach in the state. And so we're gonna get to kind of some big top line headlines for me. We're gonna start brave new world. Uh, every time UIL realignment comes out, it's a big deal. And it seems like every single time they come up with a new wrinkle, they come up with a new thing to kind of surprise us. This year from a hmm, this year from a kind of top line perspective going into realignment, there wasn't necessarily some new shift that we were expecting. If you go back to last year, Remember, that was the first year of the 5A split. The last time we did realignment, 2018, that was the first time we had the 5A split of 5A Division I, 5A Division II. Um, this year, there weren't any structural changes, right? And yet, they found big new ways to surprise us, things we absolutely positively did not see coming. For example, uh, I think the biggest headline that, that, that we, the first thing I saw uh, was especially in the 6A world, uh, was the splitting of Allen and Plano. Um, basically, since they've both risen to the largest classification, which back in the early 90s, Allen and Plano have been kind of tied at the hip. Well, now the UIL makes the decision to split them up. And Allen moves to District 5 uh, with Denton Geyer, Denton Braswell, a few, other play few other teams like that. They basically go north and west, uh, while Plano goes south and west, mm -hmm. uh, the Plano schools, where they will take on, uh, or rather more kind of straight up west, uh, going to Coppell and the Louisville schools. Uh, it is rather surprising to see that. That was a pretty big seismic shock. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing in 6A that I think is super, super interesting is now half of Region 2 is comprised of Houston area schools. Yep. Half. So you look up and down there, starting at District 13. 13 through 16 is all Houston area, right? You've got Central Texas in there, yes. You've got some DFW teams. But really, half of Region 2 is now Houston area. That is a pretty amazing uh, kind of idea. Uh, Region 2 has typically been DFW and Central Texas, maybe some East Texas. For, it's, for half of it to be Houston is pretty shocking. The other one, and Matt Stepp mentioned it on the, on, on the episode of Tep and Step, is that we were wondering what they were going to do uh, in, you know, as far as in 6A with the Austin area schools. 
in the end, what ends up happening is that they shift over, and Austin is now entirely comprised uh, of region in Region 4, uh, which I would say is a big win uh, for, for the 6A teams in Region 4. Uh, you know, for, for those Austin area teams to move over there, that's where they want to be. Remember, you may remember like Vandergrift was in District 13 last year, last time. Now they're back over in District 25. That is a pretty big win, I would say, for teams like the Vipers. Uh, so overall, I you missed know, this because I might have been looking at the comments. Did you mention the craziness that it's Duncanville, Cedar Hill, and DeSoto? We'll get to that. Don't worry. Sorry. I we'll thought I missed that. it, and I was like, no, don't forget don't that. There's a lot. <laughs> I got, I got, I got a lot to talk about. But yes, that is obviously a very big deal as well. So. Uh, my second thought is kind of regional chaos. Uh, I, I'd been kind of hammering at home all in the lead up to UIL realignment that, yes, pay attention to the districts, but more importantly, pay attention to the regions. And there was some big regional shakeups as far as what these brackets and what these regions for the Texas high school football playoffs are going to look like. Start 5A Division One and, and Matt Step. Two. <laughs> Matt, Matt Stepp saw, or uh, there's, there's two things in 5A Division One. Yes, obviously, Region 2. Uh, you know, we'll talk about that in a second. But San Antonio is in Region 3. There are San Antonio teams, like San Antonio Veterans Memorial, that are playing in Region 3 of 5A Division One. That is a stunner. That is incredible mm -hmm. to think about that. San Antonio is always in Region 4. That's South Texas. But instead, they, they matriculate their way in to Region 3. And then, of course, there's there's Region 2 of 5A Division 1. And a big part of that is simply one team moving, right? Obviously, we knew that there were going to be some drop uh, a drop down, and, and Longview going into the to, to the uh, Longview and John Tyler going into the district with Highland Park is a big deal. But even more so, I would say, is moving Denton Ryan from Region One to Region Two. Mm -hmm. That is a huge, huge shift. And now you take a look at Region Two of Five A Division One, and you are talking about Denton Ryan, Frisco Lone, Lone Star, Star, Lancaster, Highland Park. Longview, yeah. John Tyler, Lufkin, College Station, all in the same region. It is chaos. And New Caney and, the, and Porter, who both had great years last year. A lot of huge teams there in Region in region 2 of 5A Division 1. That's a monstrous region. And I think the best thing is we haven't seen those teams really play together. Correct. Like, you know that they're all powerhouses, and then to put them all together is going to be It's going to be interesting. Beautiful. Right. Another thing. Uh, a, a big, a big, a big question was who, or a big thing that that kind of stuck out to me is who didn't change regions. Mm -hmm. uh, Waco La Vega did not change regions; they stay in Region Two. Remember, there was some thought that they could be going south to Region Four. Uh, they they could be pretty much anywhere, but they end up sticking in Region Two in District Five. They kind of stick with uh, Stephenville and Brownwood. Uh, the other one was Mart. Mart sticks in region. Uh, Mart finds a way to stick in region. Uh, in in region three, they stay there. Remember, there was some thought they could go to region four. They could go to region two. They end up staying put in region three. One pretty notable team that did move was Grandview. Mm -hmm. Grandview, the two-time defending three A Division one champs, moved from region three to region two, and that is a pretty huge thing because they are now moving sides of the bracket. That means that they are now going all the way, and they're going to be playing teams from West Texas. If they were to make it to a semifinal, by the way, they're in the same region with like Malakoff, who they played in the title game a couple of years ago. They're in the same region with Pottsboro, who they played in the title game this year. Uh, a, a pretty amazing stuff to see Grandview move from Region Three to Region Two. Um, I mentioned the Austin area back in Region Four. That's a pretty big win for them. Uh, another one that just stuck out to me that just I, I don't know. This is me going through Texas high school football alignments just typically. Yokum being in Region 3 is crazy to me. 
Like, that is unbelievable. Like, like to go from, they've been forever a Region 4 team. Forever and ever. And from what I understand, Matt uh, uh, Ishmael Johnson was down in San Marcos mm-hmm. uh, at the THSCA. And Bo Robinson, the head coach of Yoakum there, w- was there. And, and, and Ish told me, he's like, he was pretty shocked that they were moving into Region 3. They're District 12, or District twelve, which is uh, a pretty sizable shift. Okay. Uh, hard landings and soft landings. This is especially true. I My, my main focus on this was going to be teams that were changing uh, classes. So, and by classes, I'm going to include divisions. If you go division one to division two, or, or vice versa. Uh, hard landings. Uh, Denton Braswell. Uh, sorry about you guys. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty tough for them to move up to the class six A and be immediately thrown uh, into a a, 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 a with with we pr- we had a pretty good idea that they were going to be in with Geyer because of the Denton thing. And then Allen got thrown. But in then the they mix. get th- tossed in with Allen as well. Yeah. That is Allen and Prosper. That is, oof. Uh, welcome to 6A, guys. Yeah. In, uh, right into the frying pan. Um, Red Oak is another one. That's another district uh, we're going to talk about. That is a, Red Oak was a team uh, that, you know, I was very interested to see where they ended up landing. They end up landing uh, in District 4. Uh, every team in District 4, 5A, Division 1 made the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Every team, all eight of them, all made the playoffs last year. Uh, and Red Oak gets tossed in there. Uh, they are up from Division Two uh, to Division One. Uh, another team with a pretty hard landing is Crandall. Uh, yikes! We 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 had a feel. Um, they're a ten-win team from a year ago, moving up from four Division One. Uh, they land in with Ennis and Royce City. Uh, not to mention teams like North Forney, Corsicana. Uh, that is a pretty hard landing, I would say, uh, for Coach Joe Dale Carey and the Crandall Pirates. Uh, another hard landing, Corpus Christi in four A Division One. We'll talk about their district here in a moment. But we didn't we didn't really know how that was all going to, to shake out. Well, I'll tell you that with Cal Allen and Miller uh, and all of those squads in the Corpus Christi area to be put in there with, uh, you know, put in there with Port Lavaca Calhoun in a just, just brutal district. That was a pretty hard landing, I would say, for the Corpus Christi schools. As far as soft landings are concerned, I thought Carthage actually made out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, Carthage, a lot of people uh, in the comments are asking Carthage about dropping. Uh, Carthage ends up uh, dropping, of course, 4A Division One and 4A Division Two. Uh, there was a thought that they might be uh, tossed in with the other 4A Division, uh, uh, 4A state champion in Pleasant Grove. Instead, they are dropped into District 10, where they will be in Region 3. Now, Region 3 is no cakewalk, mm-hmm. right? They're in there with West Orange Shark. They're in there with Wake O'Connelly. They're they're in there with Sealy. They're in there with Silsby. Uh, but to land in there in the in the district that they did, uh, where the second best team in that district probably is Jasper, uh, I would say that's pretty darn solid for Carthage. I think that's a pretty soft landing and a pretty favorable alignment uh, for Carthage. Uh, and by the way, I am quite sure that Pleasant Grove and Gilbert are not particularly uh, too shook up and too heartbroken. They don't have to see Carthage in district play. No kidding. Um, another soft landing, Liberty Hill. Yep. Liberty Hill made out like bandits. Uh, this is about as with their move up uh, to five A Division two. This is about as good as they could have hoped for, as they land in uh, with basically Austin ISD and Marble Falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty darn good because there was a thought that they could get in there uh, with Georgetown Eastview, with Brenham, with Elgin, with with those you know with with those schools, and instead in Lander schools instead uh, they land in Austin ISD for Jefferson Walker and company. That feels like a pretty soft landing for them. If you're going to move up, that's the way you want to move up, uh, you know, for for them. And and finally the other one, and shout out to um, Ishmael Johnson, <laughs> uh, but Maynard. New Tech. Uh, Mater New Tech, yes, they're in a district 
uh, with uh, uh, they're they're moving up from three A to four A Division two, and yes, they're in a district with Wimberley and Geronimo Navarro. Got it. Yeah. But they're also in there with Eastside Memorial, Austin Achieve, which is a charter school, uh, and San Antonio YMLA, which is a total unknown. Uh, all told. For a team moving up, that's about as good as you probably could have hoped for there uh, for Maynard New Tech. Uh, finally, there's some, or rather, new districts of Doom. This is just real top line. We're gonna go. We're gonna go deeper into this uh, as far as what the new districts of Doom are. But everyone is paying attention to District 11 6A, mm-hmm. and I get it. Right? That's a huge. That's a that's a monstrous district. And we thought there was a chance. We thought there was a chance that they were going to put Duncanville back in with Cedar Hill and DeSoto, mm-hmm. right? Along the I-20 corridor, we were thinking, okay, uh, you know, Duncanville, now that those Dallas ISD teams that they were aligned with uh, last time had dropped to 5A, they're kind of an orphan. They get put back in there with DeSoto and Cedar Hill. But the real kicker, the real kicker is the fact that they also added Hewitt Midway. Yep. Is that Hewitt Midway is coming north uh, up there from the Waco area. And so you've got a one through four right there uh, of Duncanville, DeSoto, Cedar Hill, and, and Hewitt Midway, not to mention teams with plenty of pedigree like Lake Ridge, uh, like Mansfield, like Waxahachie, like Waco. That is a brutal, brutal district and probably the toughest district in 6A. Uh, I would also throw in, uh, if you want to uh, talk about a district of doom, how about District 4, 2A, Division One. We were wondering where they were going to put Cisco, who of course is a drop down from three A Division Two. Well, they drop him in District Four, and they just throw in San Saba uh, as well. Yep. You're talking San Saba, Cisco, Dillion, Winters. I mean, Colden and Goldthwaite are two teams that that have had success in the past as well. That is a brutal, brutal district, especially at the top, which San Saba and Cisco going at it in district play. That's a very tough district as well. The other one is you go back to that Corpus Christi district uh, where you're talking about uh, you're talking about uh, Corpus Christi, Cal Allen. Uh, and di- we're talking about 15, uh, 15-4A Division One. 15-4A Division One uh, is now comprised of Port Lavoque, Calhoun, Corpus Christi, Cal Allen, Corpus Christi Miller, Beeville Jones, Alice, and Corpus Christi Tolosa Midway. All right? Those are all teams. F- five of those teams made the playoffs. Five of those, all five of those teams won a playoff game last year. Mm-hmm. Nine wins, 12 wins, 12 wins, 11 wins, nine wins. Yeah, Toloso Midway, and Toloso Midway, by the way, TM, TM is, 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 is better than they used to be. TM kind of used to be a really, really in, in a bad way. They were a four and six team a year ago. They were not bad. That is a brutal, brutal district in District 15 for a Division One. Those are just some top-line takeaways from UIL Realignment. We're going to have complete coverage on TexasWell.com over the next couple of days, weeks, months, years, forever, for the rest of our lives, presented for our friends at James Hardy. Uh, it's, it's a huge day in Texas high school ball. UIL Realignments are out, and we are going to be breaking them down at TexasFootball.com. We're at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That is our subscription package. You get two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, all sorts of good stuff. TexasFootball.com slash insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider's our subscription package. Uh, big stuff doing. A uh, good time to be there, especially if you need more realignment talk in your life. TexasFootball.com slash insider to listen to Tep and Step, our premium high school football podcast. Matt Step and I nerded out for about uh, an hour yesterday about UIL realignment. Speaking of which, 
Ashley, let's go to the hotline. Let's bring in the Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football uh, Insider. We're joined on the phone by Matt Stepp. Hey, Matt. Hello, sir. How are you? Uh, are you recovered from yesterday? Oh, I'm, I'm raring to go. I, I, it's, it's, it never stops. Realignment just gets my my football brain just going crazy for about a good two weeks. So we're, we're ready to go. So I, I want to ask you kind of from uh, – uh, I know you were, you were listening to the show, but but I kind of want to ask you from, from a top-line perspective. You know, I was sitting here, and, and, and on one hand, we didn't really have any big structural shifts as far as uh, realignment is concerned. For example, we didn't have a division split for the first time like we had in 2018. But my question for you is – did you does this uh, as far as realignments are concerned historically does this feel like uh like a, a big just a, another step or does this feel like a big leap do you feel like there were these seismic shifts or as realignments go was this pretty uh ho-hum you know i there's a lot to to, to digest and I, I don't know if it was ho -hum. i don't think any any realignment is ho-hum mm -hmm. um, but i do agree that you know we didn't have the big 5a division one split I think this realignment is setting up things down the road uh, for the UIL to make changes later on. You know, what are they going to do in 5A Division One with the division splits and all the opt-ups and some of the issues that that's caused, uh, especially this year? And then you've always got the talk of, of 7A and the growth um, for the larger schools. And, and you're seeing it in Houston where they have 12 districts just in Houston alone now. Mm -hmm. So I think that the continued growth is going to cause the UIL to have to really reevaluate the overall structure as we go into 2022 and 2024. And as you mentioned that, because the one thing that kind of stands out to me is I think we are, I think after, after taking a day to digest it, I think we're going to have to get rid of this notion in, in my brain. And I think everybody who covers Texas high school football in our brain of, Oh, these teams always go into this region. Right. And I think that for, if this is, if this is true, the big takeaway for me is that, Regions are becoming more and more fluid. Basically, unless you're in El Paso or basically, I mean, more, I can't even say in the Or the Rio Grande Valley, you know, the, the extremes. Valley, yeah. Unless you're in extremes, it seems like the regional alignments are becoming a lot more fluid uh, for the for the UIL every two years. Yeah, we saw a little bit of a preview of that in 2018 when Wellington moved into, into the Region 2, mm -hmm. uh, a traditional panhandle team. Uh, moving into Region 2, and then we definitely saw it this year, as you mentioned, with San Antonio getting a full district basically in Region 3 at the 5A Division 1 level, uh, Houston having four districts in Region 2, um, just to name a few um, few items just that jump off the page at me. And you even look uh, in, in 2A Division 2, teams like Cristobal and El Dorado have been aligned into Region 4, much like Sonora was a couple of years ago. So I definitely think in certain areas of the state, uh, regions are a lot more fluid, whereas before, really only the I-35 corridor had fluidity amongst the regions, kind of jumping between one and two or two and three, depending on the classification. We're talking with Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation to hashtag uh, TF Today. O okay, uh, I, I want to hear now, as far as your, your top line, like when you take a look at the, I would say, let's stick with like regions or major metro areas. Is there a part of the state that you feel like got particularly shook up or in your maybe in your case, I know you were doing mock realignments. Is there a particular part of the state uh, that surprised you the most now that the realignments are out uh, basically compared to maybe what your expectation was? So, you know, the first thing that jumps off the page is page at me and it kind of caught me by surprise 
is you have uh, it's not really one particular classification area, but you can kind of pick and choose throughout the different classifications, uh, things that, that kind of jump off the page. And what I noticed right away was some of the depth in Region 4. I think Region 4 across all classifications is a lot deeper uh, than it has been. You look at some districts, um, obviously 15-4A Division 1 uh, with the Corpus Christi area jumps off the page. But you look at Division 2, that 13-4A Division 2, mm -hmm. that's a six-deep district. You've got Quero, LaGrange, Giddings, a Smithville team that's up and coming, uh, Sealy's in there as well. And that's a really, and I think there's another team I can't remember off the top of my head. But that's a really deep district in 13-4A Division One. That's a Region Four district. And then you look at, uh, excuse me, Division Two. Sorry about that. Four, thirteen-four A Division Two, sixteen-four A Division Two is a lot deeper now because you've got Sinton, um, and you got Port Isabel, you got Raymondville, Rio Hondo. That's a deep district, eighteen districts. So some of the depth in Region Four has really, really caught my eye across across the board in multiple classifications. Another one that caught my eye was uh. I believe it's 13-2A Division One, uh, Shiner, Weimer, Flatonia, Ganado, and Schulenburg. That's an incredibly deep district for the 2A level. Lot, lots of really good teams in that district as well. So Region 4, uh, come playoff time next year, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. As far as where, where, where the big-name programs landed, you know, we, we were talking a little bit about how La Vega ended up sticking in Region 2. Mart ended up sticking in Region 3. Grandview moves over uh, to Region 2. Um, as far as the, the biggest name programs are concerned, and we're talking about uh, you know uh, teams that, that every single year expect to contend for a state championship, there's really only about, what, 50 of those uh, around the state. Uh, are, are there any that stick out to you that you think, okay, things just got significantly more difficult for them, or maybe on the flip side, maybe things got a little bit easier and, 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 and the, the road got a little bit easier. Is there one or two big-name programs that you feel like were either particularly helped or particularly hurt by this UIL realignment? So let's start with hurt. I, I would say West Orange Stark is definitely hurt. You know, for, for the past six years, in essence, Region 3 and 4A Division 2 has been basically West Orange Stark and maybe one other team who can challenge in the last couple of years. It's been Silsby, obviously. Take a look at Region 3 and 4A Division 2 now. It's a lot deeper. You've added China Spring, Carthage, of course, Waco Connolly, and you know other in teams like that. I think Sealy's in there too. Sealy, I, I mentioned Sealy in the in the wrong district. Sealy's in in 12 4A Division 2. Um, so I think that that division I think got a lot deeper. A lot quicker uh and so that's going to be a much much bigger challenge for west orange stark uh come playoff time um allen and duncanville flip-flopping surprised me a little bit uh i was very surprised duncanville moved all the way to read to district 11 mm -hmm. just from a from an alignment standpoint i thought that was interesting and then uh go down to 2a division two munster munster gets away from mart but now they've got to deal with um hamlin and albany in uh region two and 2a division two that's that's gotten a lot tougher for them and you know, we talked about Gunner, and they got a pretty good draw um, as far as regional regional outlooks are concerned in a 3A Division Two. But don't, don't sleep on Eastland dropping down from 3A Division One. With Baron Morton, that could be a team that really challenges uh, Gunner as well. And I think you look at Post also out in West Texas, the 2A Division One runner-up. They've got to deal with Cisco in their own region now, and that makes things a lot tougher. Not to mention a San Saba team that's 27 and two the past two years. Uh, I, I, Ashley, I know you got some questions in the comments. Somebody wants to chime in for, for Matt Stepp. Um, so two, a couple of people have asked this. Uh, what were the biggest issues caused by 5A opt-ups? So the biggest issues there is, number one, you, you look at the uh, the, 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 the actual the, the split in Division One. 
And I believe the smallest Division One school is, a, is over 18, is almost 1,900. So you've got a real small window there because of those opt-ups artificially inflated the number. And then also because of the opt-ups, especially in Region 4, this is what's caused San Antonio to move into Region 3 because so many Region 4 teams opted up from Division 2 to Division 1. It almost it ballooned the number of quote-unquote traditional Region 4 teams uh, in Region 4 which has caused teams like San Antonio Veterans Memorial, San Antonio Harlandale, and San Antonio McCollum to uh, be in Region 3 now because so many schools that wouldn't have been in Division 1 opted up into Division 1 to balloon that number. Um, that's the biggest thing, and it just causes some real wonky alignments because that, that has a domino effect across the state of Texas. You look at, at 4 or 5A Division 1, and that's that's kind of one of the weirdest alignments I've ever seen with, with Red Oak, Burleson Centennial, Mansfield Summit, Mansfield Legacy, in with Northeast Tarrant County Schools. Those teams have to drive all the way across the Dallas area for district games because it's kind of just walked out the alignment where if those teams wouldn't have opted up, a team like Grapevine, a team like Cleburne would have been in Division One, but instead because of the opt-ups, they were placed in Division Two. Uh, and finally, Steph, I, I want to hear what's next. You know, we talk a lot about UIL realignment. It feels like this big moment in time, and yet – there is, uh, there are next steps now. So, so for people who maybe aren't familiar with UIL realignment, this is their first time really paying attention to it. What can we expect in the next couple days, weeks, months? What what comes next now after after the alignments have been announced? So, you know, teams can appeal their alignment. So, you know, based on various travel issues, that kind of thing. So, the UIL will will, will hear those appeals and make decisions uh, based on those appeals in the next. Usually it's 30 to 45 days it takes to hear an appeal. So someone like Rio Grande City, who, who I've, I've heard is not going to appeal their alignment, but Rio Grande City would be a great example of someone who may have a case. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at their district alignment with uh, all their trips are, I believe, three plus hours uh, for the most part. They might have a case that they wanted to appeal their alignment. So the UIL will hear any alignment appeals. And then after those appeals are heard, uh, the districts are basically set for the next two years. Uh, barring someone at the 2A Division II level uh, dropping uh, 11-man football and going six-man uh, mid-realignment cycle. He's Matt Stepp. He's Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. Follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Steppa817. Uh, he has had his finger on the pulse of UIL realignment. Yesterday was a big day. Big day for me. You're all tuckered out, buddy? Well, a little bit. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, you know, to give you a Dr. Pepper and... And just kind of relaxes the rest of the room until we go to College Station on Friday. Uh, we are looking forward to it, my friend. Thanks, Steph. Appreciate you hopping on with us. Later. There he goes, Matt Step, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. High School Football Insider joining us here on Texas Football today. Uh, of course, lots of big doings in UIL realignment. We're going to have you covered. If we're not getting to your question today, don't worry. On Friday, we're going to do a big realignment mailbag. So if we don't answer your questions the next couple of days, come in on Friday and we will answer your questions. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, you want to do one realignment question? We can question do one day? realignment one? question. All right. So Wayne Montgomery asked, what do you think of the Irvin ISD new district? Irving ISD? Yes, Irving. Uh, yeah, overall, look, obviously, uh, I think it goes without saying. I don't think this is necessarily breaking new ground to say that Irving ISD has, has traditionally struggled uh, in the past couple of years. Uh, I think this was a really, really solid draw for them uh, as, as Irving ISD now gets lumped in uh, with Richardson and Dallas Jesuit. Uh, they were more or less getting their doors blown off uh, every single week mm-hmm. or every every single week last year in the last in the last alignment. This 
this is a lot more favorable uh, for them. I would say that Irving ISD is a pretty darn, uh, pretty big winner as far as realignments are concerned. Uh, when you take a look at, at where they ended up landing, um, look, uh, you you just want you just want to have a chance, right? You just want to have a chance. And I would say that when you take a look at District Seven Six A, they're going to have a chance to win some games. Uh, you know, they're going to have a chance that they they match up a lot better with the Richardson schools than they did uh, in their previous alignment in District 6 where they were dealing with the Louisville schools, uh, Louisville and Coppell. This is, I think, a much more favorable alignment for Irving ISD. I think they should be able, feel pretty darn happy right now. Mm -hmm. They've got teams that are more in their weight class. That's all you're looking for right there. So I would say for Irving ISD that yesterday was a pretty big win for them. Uh, I've got one more question for you, but real fast. The moment that Step got off the phone, he starts answering all these questions on the comments. Like that fool just said, I'm going to wait until, until we're done or He's until we go on person. Friday. Step, we know you're not chilling. Um, and then finally, Aaron Flynn asked, what was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? <sighs> I don't know. Um, Did you pay attention to him? Not really. Does that make me a bad consumer? I think I'm a bad yeah. consumer. I'm a bad capitalist. Um, Oh no, uh, I liked the uh, I liked the one where Shakira was shaking her her groove thing. Is that was that a commercial? I think it was a big Pepsi commercial, right? I liked that one. That was a good commercial. <laughs> I liked the anyway. I liked the uh, I liked the one the little Nas X one where they played Old Town Road, the Doritos one. I thought that one was I thought that one was kind of. I funny. did like. I also liked the Bill Murray um, Groundhog Day one. Have you seen the movie Groundhog Day? No. Ooh, you should watch no. that. Okay. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day okay. is. I think comedies tend to age poorly. Yeah. That that movie that one's ages. Funny. That that movie ages well. I like the uh, uh, the Rick and Morty one too. That's just a personal taste. Yeah. I don't remember what the actual product was, but it was it was good marketing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I would say that 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 uh, those are the ones that that stood up. I just, I just didn't I just didn't pay a ton of attention. I hate to say that. Well, I realized I was, that too. I was like, man. I guess I never realized how much I actually tune out during the commercials because if you like football, you're intently watching the game, and then the commercials come on, and you're like, okay, I have a break. It's like during the Super Bowl, you don't really get a break, like not even at halftime because you watch the show. It was it was a lot of focus. Yeah, I don't know. I was locked into the game, which, by the way, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. If you didn't want, if you didn't know, if you were trying to be the last person on earth to know uh, who won the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, the won. Cheetos MC Hammer one was fantastic. Did you not see Didn't that one? See it. Oh, it was good. That one was really good. I think Stephen Cassie. When said you have that. a kid, yeah. when you have young kid, uh, your Super Bowl watching experience is significantly different. Yeah. I don't say well, that. So. No young kid here, so mine was pretty normal. You are a young kid. Oh, hush. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, CSTextFall.com. Thanks to Matt Stepp for being our guest. Is somebody calling you? Yes. Thanks for Matt Stepper being our guest. <laughs> for the eminently popular Ashley Pickle, <laughs> I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please be your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.